Welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. Tyler, my talk today is we are, and I want us to say it together, say it with me, we are, we are. the overcomers. We are, say it one more time, we are the overcomers. Uh, let me read a passage of Scripture to you, 1 John 5, verse 4. 1 John 5, verse 4. John 1, 12 is the one on the screen, but 1 John 5, 4. We've jumped there. Thank you, team. You do an amazing job. For everyone, someone say everyone. Someone say, that's me. Say, I'm an everyone. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Says this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now I want to go back a verse. John chapter 1, verse 14. You had it in the right order. I went in the wrong order, but I like to change it up because there's a second service. John chapter 1 verse 12 says this, Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave them the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. It is interesting in Scripture that Scripture gives us a statement of truth that it causes something and then what God actually does is He begins to invite us to be what He's called us. So for instance, God calls us children of God and then He begins to say, now start acting like a child of God. He begins to say in Scripture over and over, you'll see in the writing of the, the especially the Apostle Paul, he'll say, to the saints, someone say saints. And then He'll begin to name you something that perhaps your behaviour has not yet caught up to at all. Like the moment you are a Christian, he says you're a saint. You're like, I haven't really changed anything yet. But in God, he says, positionally, I have renamed you. I have actually named you a child of God. And then he begins to say, now I want you to begin to live, obviously with the Holy Spirit's help, by the power of the, the, uh, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. But I have called you a child of God, and now you're to live like a child of God. I have called you a saint and now I want you to live like a saint. And here's what's interesting. He says, I've called you an overcomer. Now I want you to live like an overcomer. And it is the paradox sometimes of what God calls us. But then how many of you know that just because He calls me an overcomer, that doesn't mean this week I was overcoming everything. Yeah. Haven't you found that, that God calls you some things sometimes? And you're like, I'm not sure I'm living up to all that you say about me yet. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Like, maybe you're weak. Was crap. Maybe the last couple of months have kind of been harder for you than others. I just got a text from someone in one of our transform groups. And he's like, hey man, I love you, I miss you. And I'm like, stop missing me, come to church. And I, and I didn't mean it. I just said, don't be afraid, man, come to church. And then in a, in a transparent moment, he said, to be honest, that's it. I'm, I've actually been gripped by fear. 
I've been gripped by it. But I just want to say to everyone, you're not called to be gripped by fear, but I understand why you might be. And you're not called to be anxious. But have you ever met someone and they're like, I'm an anxious person? Then you look at them and say, stop it. Stop, you're like, stop it. Stop, like, you're like, I'm a liar. Stop that too, right? I'm, I'm stealing, stop that, especially if it's in my credit card. Like, stop stealing people's identities. Stop it. Why God calls us something. He, he says, listen, now that you've received the person and the work of Jesus Christ, He says, my spirit is coming in you. And now I've actually formed in you a new DNA, a DNA that carries heaven's ingredient, a DNA that can be who all God has called you to be, a DNA that is an overcoming DNA. Am I preaching to anyone today? Come on, I'm trying to help you today. Someone say, it is my DNA to overcome. Now, well, if you're comfortable, slap them, but you don't have to slap them. You can air slap them and just be like, it's, it's your DNA to overcome too. <laughs> now watch this now. Revelation chapter two says this. God is speaking to the church. Jesus Himself is speaking to the church. And He says this, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is at the end of seven of His addressing to the church. He literally gives them one message. And then at the end of them, He says the same thing every single time, which is encouraging, which means that it doesn't matter where you go to church, God should be saying something pretty same to you. And He says this, To him who overcomes, I will grant him Grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Now, what does he mean? He says, I have made you an overcomer, but how many of you know you now have the decision to overcome? You have a decision to overcome in your mind. You have a decision to overcome the setbacks of life. You have the decision to overcome. How many of you have felt like life has gone perfectly well in 2020? It's been a weird year. It's been bizarre. But hasn't, isn't it interesting that pain will be your tutor like nothing else? Like you can learn. How many of you know there is hidden lessons in this weird year? There is breakthrough still in this year. There are lessons of faith. There are lessons of wisdom. But you've got to decide. Sometimes you just have to decide, I'm learning. I'm not sure. You can literally go, I'm not sure what I'm learning, but I'm gonna learn something. Like I'm not, I'm not sure what God is teaching me, but He's teaching me something. Yeah. I have found that the greatest lessons of my life are not my successes. They're often the stupid things. If you read the book of Proverbs, Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Proverbs is practical. Proverbs will, will, will give you a master's degree, to be honest, in money. Masters, uh, sorry, it is an amazing book. But it, what's interesting about the book of Proverbs is the book of Proverbs will say things like this. Wisdom calls out, it says in the streets. She raises her voice, it says in the public square. Then later ago, since you didn't listen to me, by the way, you're gonna eat the fruit of your works. I find as a preacher, one of my primary assignments is to save you pain. But if you won't listen, life will beat you up anyway. And then later you're like, he was right. 
I found that to be my experience over and over again. I find the Bible will warn you and stop you and say, listen, young people, don't do that. And you're like, I'm gonna go do it. And like, oh shoot, he was right. I'm telling you right now, the experience of life will teach you that the Bible's right. It'll, you, you'll literally rebel from it and you'll run into a wall and go, why did I do that? Are you with me? Yeah. Revelation chapter two, verse 25. He says, but hold fast to what I come and he who overcomes, someone say, that's me. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power to the nations. So not only is God giving you through His Spirit the DNA of an overcomer, but you have the choice to overcome and there are blessings attached if you overcome. But why is it so important that you over, overcome because there's people around you that need you to overcome. There are people around you that need you to kick your addictions. There are people around you that need you to kick your fear because if you get out of fear, they'll get encouraged to get out of fear. There are people around you that they need you to stop it. Because if you stop it, they're like, oh my gosh, he stopped it, therefore I can stop it. I don't know who needs to hear it today like... Can I give you some lessons, I believe, on overcoming? And I give you these lessons and I share with you very openly that this week wasn't a great week. Because sometimes people think that everyone who has a microphone just has an amazing week all the time. <laughs> You're like, Pastor, you don't know. You didn't, you didn't have my week. You don't know what my week was like. Did you? Did we hang out before? But there's something, isn't there, about leadership when you hear a leader talk, you're like, you have no problems. <laughs> That's why you're on stage. No. <laughs> I've actually found that leader, leaders have more problems because the essence of leadership is solving problems. So if you don't have your own problems, then you're dealing with other people's problems. And sometimes I'm done trying to fix people's problems and they think I'm trying to hurt their problems. They're like, I don't like what you said. I'm like, well, it's gonna help you if you believe it. <laughs> Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Actually, you're preaching, you're shouting pretty good today. That 1230's gotta, they better step up their game. Otherwise, it's gonna feel discouraging. I'll be like, listen, the 11 o'clock, they love this message. You guys need to at least fake it. Why don't you write this thought down? Overcomers think differently. Overcomers think differently. When David stepped into 1 Samuel 17, he steps into the war. He thinks differently than everyone else. Watch this now. Everyone saw Goliath. Everyone saw how big he was. Everyone was talking about how large he was. He was shouting at them for 40 days. Here's, what, here's, here's how he thought differently. Everyone else thought he's too big to beat. David literally thought he's too big to miss. I can't miss this guy. Look how big that head is. It is large. I, I can't miss. I'm gonna throw a rock at him. Everyone else is like, I can't beat him. He's too big. David just thinks completely differently. He's literally like, I can't miss this guy. How could I even possibly miss? I hit squirrels. I hit bears with my little rocks. I can't miss this guy. They think differently. Are you with me? 
he starts thinking about God's bigness when he shows up to the battle. He's thinking not about losing, he's thinking about winning and he's thinking about how hot Saul's daughter was. He's like, I get to marry, yes, the king's daughter and I have no taxes, I think differently. He's thinking success instead of victory. He's thinking, listen, life's gonna go well for me, not I better play the safe game. God wants to promote some people, but how many of you know you have to step out of the boat if you're gonna walk on water? You can't beat Goliath hanging in the tent. God places in His children a conviction of calling and within the conviction of calling comes a confidence to fulfill the assignment. You don't just need to believe in God. I pray that you, when you come to this church and when you come to a transform group and you serve on a dream team and you just say, man, I'm just gonna hang around until I actually get a sense of I know God, but I also know my calling. Because when you know you're calling, all of a sudden there's a confidence about your life because you actually know that God isn't just for you. He's for you, but He's with you. And He's not just with you, He's anointing you. He's gracing you for something in particular. Let me share this kind of, when I was 16 or 17, I did a high school speech. How many did a speech in high school ever? Some of you are like, I haven't been there yet. Okay, you'll be there, but... I remember doing a speech in high school and how many know you're like 16, 17, like speaking in front of people, that's what you wanna do. And I remember doing this speech and I was doing this speech and I was shaking. I could see my cheeks shaking. That's how you know you're scared. I was looking down at the paper and I could see my cheeks, which is weird because right now I'm looking down and I can't see my cheeks. So that means were my cheeks sticking up more when I was 16? I'm not sure. But anyway, I could see my cheeks shaking as I'm speaking in front of people. Uh, think about that for a second. And God calls me to speak in front of people. But when you have a calling, He gives conviction that you are called and with it, He adds courage to it. So when I was 19 and I felt very called to preach, I'd really never spoken in front of people regarding the Bible before. And then one time I was in this worship kind of youth college kind of night. It was really an amazing night. And, and one of the leaders of the night was like, hey, if anyone wants to come up and share something. And I was like, ah, oh, no, I don't want to. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, you should go up and speak. I was like, Lord, if this is you, this is how sometimes you test God. I'm like, Lord, if this is you, you've got to give me such a burning desire to get up in front of people and speak. Otherwise, I'm not getting up. So I was kind of telling God what the deal was. Five minutes later, like I had to get up and speak. It was like this burning fire in my bones. Honestly, I, I got up and I was like, who am I gonna preach to? <laughs> I didn't quite do it like that, but you know what I mean? Maybe you don't know what I mean. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't know what he means. What do you mean? Number two, overcomers have a picture of winning, not losing. They don't just think differently. Watch this now. This is imperative to your life. Don't just hear a message. Personalize the message. Some would say, I'm an overcomer. So overcomers have a picture of winning, not losing. 
Watch what David said in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Notice the conviction of his calling. Verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down. He's got a picture, I'm gonna strike you down. And he says this, and I'm gonna cut off your head. Later in the text, he walks around with Goliath's head for a while, which I think is very strange. Like if I ever have to go to battle and kill someone, I hope later I'm not just carrying around the man's head. But this is what David did. He literally walked around going, I still got it. Like I feel like that's movie stuff, man. Stop being like Freddy Krueger. And, but he sees himself winning. Let's be honest, most of our battles are in our mind. You know, you came today and whether you had a good week or a bad week, probably had very little to do with kind of actually what happened, but more to do with the condition of your mind and where you allowed your mind to get to and, and whether the, the, the coffee wasn't warm enough and that's why you're mad and whether you ever had someone go, I had someone a while ago, a couple of years ago say, I had the week like Job. I was like, shoot. <laughs> Job in one week had his houses burnt down and all his children die. What happened to you? He said, I got a parking ticket. <laughs> all right. That's not Job, man. That's like struggles of first world nation. First world problems, hashtag, come on. And, and let's be honest, successful people, overcomers, have a picture of success. When you first got married, you had a picture of what marriage was gonna be like and just because there's some challenges sometimes along the journey, don't change the picture. Don't, don't allow the discouragements to stop you. Just because finances and career hasn't always gone the way you, don't change the picture. Just keep aligning the picture and your behavior to what you think it's gonna be. I found that healthy people have a healthy picture of their life. I remember someone telling me that I was gonna be overweight and so forth at 40. And I was like, that's not what I see. And I promise you that sometimes if what you see is different, you need to start to begin to say, man, what would it look like if I saw myself as a man of faith, as I saw myself as a woman of faith, as I saw myself as a great marriage, as I saw myself wise in money and finances? Come on, I'm still working on this. Because successful people seem to do things. And sometimes I found that sometimes the world taps into some of God's principles better than his children tap into his principles. They're like, I see myself succeeding. And they talk about the secret. Have you ever heard that a secret? It's a business principle. Like if you just imagine it enough, the secret, the universe will begin to come and bring it to you. It's, 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 and they've made it this new age kind of weird thing, but it's actually God's principle which is just like, okay, so see the day, do the day, then reflect on the day. And if it doesn't align to the picture, then begin to adjust it. It is God's principle, amen, come on. Like I, I picture 
I'll be honest, I picture this church growing. And some of you are like, I don't want people sitting next to me. You know, so occasionally I'll hear someone say, listen, when our church was 30 people, a man came up to me, he was like, I left that church, it was too big, I like to come to your church. And I thought to myself, I didn't say this. But I thought to myself, you're not gonna like this church for very long. I was right, he didn't last. Listen, why? Because I see it growing. God has called it to grow. So I'm gonna keep preaching, keep showing up until it does. And I believe enough people are gonna see it and go, you know what? I'm called to make it grow too. I'm gonna bring my cousin, I'm gonna bring my mother, I'm gonna bring my dog, I'm gonna bring my cat, just kidding. I'm gonna bring everyone I can, I'm gonna share it. Are you with me? Don't ever say the church is getting too big. It's the dumbest thing you've ever said. That's what the devil says. Doesn't the devil say that? He's got a song called, I want churches to shrink. It's his best hit. He's got a little piano player. This is what it looks like. He's like, I want churches to shrink. Sorry. How many believe in joy in the house of God? Come on. You know, just to be honest, like life is serious, right? And the Bible's pretty serious. But God says, do it with joy. It says a merry heart makes good like medicine. I stay, here's the truth. I stay away from preachers who are always angry. Because I don't want to be like you. Listen, there's serious stuff to talk about. There's serious messages. And there's, you know, you've got to speak truth. And some people don't like that. All that kind of stuff. But I pray we do it with joy. Like if you lost your joy in this COVID-19 season, I pray and believe it's coming back. Come on, it's coming back. Come on, it's coming back. Let the house of God be a house of joy. Let the house of God be a house of praise. Let the house of God be a place where you get your joy back. Come on, I sense the touch of God in this place. Come on, sit down. I'm not done preaching yet. (laughs) Number three, overcomers prepare for the blessing and the battle. Overcomers prepare for the blessing and the battle. What's interesting is that David shows up to the battle with faith and then he steps into it with not one rock, but five rocks. Shows up to the battle, believing he's gonna take him down, but at the same time, he's like, I'm bringing five rocks. Now, here's what I like. He doesn't bring a hundred, which shows like he's not just nervous. I'm bringing five. If he holds up the shield one time, I'll get him the next time. But he has a confidence going to the battle that he chooses five. So he's prepared for the blessing and the battle. God wants you to be prepared for the blessing of life. I don't believe you should walk around in doom and gloom and the the world is falling down and the ceiling is falling down and man, everything's doom and gloom. But also 
I think God wants you to walk wisely. That's why you want to give money and save money. That's why you don't just want to sanitize your hands, but you also want to address your health. Right? I think if, if COVID-19 teaches anything, this that we should probably get more healthy as a nation. Right? Because I, I worry when all I ever hear is just like masks and 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 and, and sanitizer and, and I'm waiting for the the, the the vaccine. Thank you, my wife's giving me word, word, word. Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's there, but it's not there. She's like, we're one, we're one flesh. We work together. Don't you wish that it worked like that all the time? Then there'd be no communication issues. You're like, you know what I mean. But actually I found that's not the case. I'm like, you know what I mean. She's literally like, no, what, no. I'm like, all right, let's clarify. Psalm 23, verse four, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He's ready for the battle. He's ready for the hard times. He's ready for the valley. He says, God is with me. He says, even though I walk through the darkest of valleys, He's with me. He's with me. He's with me. That is His confession. But watch this now. He's also ready for the blessing. Verse 6, surely your goodness and love, it's it's actually going to follow me. Because if I'm walking through a valley, I don't just stay and camp in the valley. That's why if you get in fear, don't just stay in fear. Come on, keep walking out of fear. If you get, if you begin to walk through hell, don't stay in hell. Keep walking, keep progressing. Number four, this is so important. Overcomers listen to the right voices. When David showed up to the battle, his own brother didn't believe in him. He literally says to him, I know how conceited you are. Why are you even here? Saul did not believe in him. He's like, you're too small. There's no way you can do it. Goliath certainly didn't believe in him. But I love that verse, the very uh, chapter before, 1 Samuel chapter 16, he listened to the right voice. The right voice was Samuel the prophet who had prophesied that he would be the next king. So how did he step into the battle? It wasn't just his own prophetic sense of time with God, though that was important. He literally had just prophesied. Someone had spoke over him, you will be the next king. And that ceiling on the inside gave him tremendous courage and confidence and conviction to do the calling. So when he shows up to the battle, he sees himself, he's like, listen, if I take down Goliath, I'm one step closer to being the king. He knew he would be promoted. Are you with me? Let me say this. A mentor, really from afar, wrote these. And I believe it's the mindset of an overcomer. He says this, choose your heart. He said, life is hard, choose your heart. Let me give you a couple examples. Being your best is hard. Being normal hard. He said, making wise decisions is hard. Making wrong decisions is hard. Being in shape and healthy is hard. Being unhealthy is hard. He said, being disciplined is hard. 
Being lazy is hard. Starting a business is hard. Working for someone else is hard. Making a lot of money is hard. Making a little bit of money is hard. Having a good marriage is hard. Having a bad marriage is hard. Forgiving is hard. Bitterness is harder. Forgiving, let me say this again. Forgiving is sometimes hard, but bitterness is also hard. Fighting for your marriage is hard, but divorce is hard. Having friends is hard. Having no friends is hard. Doing life God's way is hard. Doing life your way is hard. Being positive is hard. Being negative is hard. He said, choose your hard. How many of you need to choose overcoming as your hard? Overcoming might be hard, so's losing. Overcoming, that mindset, I'm an overcomer. God's DNA lives in me. That may feel hard, but guess what? Staying defeated, staying anxious, staying depressed, that's harder. Can I call some people out of it in Jesus' Name today? Come on, stand to your feet for a moment. Someone say, we overcome. Here's what's interesting. Let me unpack this and then we'll close up. You know, Romans 8, chapter 37, chapter 37. It's not chapter 37. It's chapter 8, verse 37. Thank you. Some of the numbers be like, that's wrong. Chapter 8, verse 37. Romans 8, 37 says this. We are more than conquerors. And I love that Paul put us together in this. He didn't just tell the church, I'm an overcomer. He said, we are an overcomer. But I wanna say this, you need the person next to you. You need the person in front of you. You need the person behind you. you David needed Samuel to prophesy over him. Later in his life, he needed Jonathan. Later in his life, he needed his mighty men. We need people around us so that we can become more. You're like, people annoy me, people frustrate me. That's the thing you've got to overcome. I don't want relationships I got burnt before. Welcome to the human race. But God has called you to be an overcomer. And sometimes you gotta make sure that the wrong persons not speaking into your life, not calling you. I just had a telemarketer just call me right now, 1888. I'm like, this is not the time. But isn't it funny that sometimes when God's speaking to you, someone else is also speaking to you. I'm not saying they're the devil. But you know what I mean? Come on, say we overcome. Say, when life gets hard, we choose to overcome. We choose to overcome yesterday. We choose to overcome the hurting moments that will not color my years. We choose to forgive. We choose to let go. We choose to be positive when life goes negative. We choose to praise instead of complain. We choose to speak life instead of death. We choose God's best. We choose health. We choose life. We choose commitment. I choose to overcome 
My dad put DNA in me and that DNA is an overcomer. So today I declare we overcome. I overcome. Come on if you believe it. Come on if you believe it. Give the Lord a hand. Come on, close your eyes with me. Those watching online, this is a moment of prayer. This is an important moment in our church. This is an important moment if you've never received Christ or you feel like your relationship with God is just nowhere. You ran away, you fell away, you slipped away. Maybe you've never said yes to the person of Christ. You might have religion, you might have, you might have grown up Catholic, might have grown up Christian, might have had a, a pastor as a, as, a, as, a, as a father, but you've never met Christ personally in your own heart. I wanna invite you. The greatest thing I could ever do is introduce you to the one who's already overcome. The one who died on the cross, the one who rose from the dead. He loves you, He has a plan for your life. And I believe the Holy Spirit is calling many of you right now to receive Him by grace. But others of you, God's calling you to just say, God, I, I just surrender again. I surrender my life again to you. I'm gonna pray for you, that your life would change. But I want you to pray because your prayer becomes one of the most significant things in your life. Can we pray this together? Say, Jesus, thank You for dying for me. I believe You died on the cross, rose from the dead. I believe You have a plan for my life. I believe You love me. I turn to You with all my heart. Help me follow You for the rest of my days. May I hear Your voice. May I plant in your house. May I find true meaning and fulfillment in you. In Jesus' name, with eyes closed all across this place. If you're in business with God, would you quickly raise your hand, raise it up high. If you prayed that prayer, you're coming back to God or receiving Him for the very first time. Raise your hand up high enough, long enough so I can see it. Thank you, those guys raising your hand all across this back in the back. That's awesome. Number of hands going up. Number of hands. That's awesome today. You can put that down. Father, I pray for every hand, every heart today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you draw your sons and draw your daughters to yourself, that they know you and walk with you, fulfill their God-given potential and purpose, that you'd bless every life, that the favour of God would rest upon every face, on every family in Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive God's Word today and believe you're an overcomer, come on, can you give the Lord a hand? Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but today felt so good. It felt so normal again. Like I think one of the most frustrating things to me during COVID has been like a new normal that everyone always talks about. And I felt like, no, today just felt normal. It just felt so good being in the house of God. Worship was just incredible. I leaned over to Pastor Katie. I said, how are we this blessed? to have the amazing leaders, dream teams, even my husband as the pastor and just a word, we are so blessed in this house. We really are. Honestly, I just, sometimes we can take for granted 
the different people that are here serving and making this happen so that we can sit and enjoy and be blessed and be challenged and inspired week in and week out. But hey, for every single person that just raised your hand, we just wanna say you did right now one of the greatest things you could ever do. And you might be like, what are you talking about? Trust me, giving your life to Jesus is the greatest decision you can ever do. He's called you, he's gonna appoint you, he's got a journey for you. It is not a life of just ease, but it is a life of purpose. And he's got so much for you and we wanna help you along that journey. That's what the local church is for. It is there to help point you to Jesus, but also help disciple you. You know, we're not just about, you know, I want Jesus to be my savior. We're about Jesus to be my Lord, all, Lord of all. Not just put your faith in Christ, but give your life to Christ. And we wanna help you along that journey. And um, at our Next Steps counter, as you walk out, you'll see a book there. You can pick it up, Following Jesus. It's a simple book, but that will help you understand pack what this relationship with Christ is all about. So pick that up. If you're watching online, it's available to you as well. You can just text CONNECT 7 to 97,000 and check off the box that says accepted Jesus. And we will mail one of these to you. Hey, don't forget this Tuesday registrations open again for in-person services. Invite someone. If you're online, invite someone to watch as well. We love you, church. We're praying for you and we'll see you back next week. God bless. See you soon.